Good evening from the good, the bad, and the boys' studio. I welcome you to the first of the 2020 movie debates between the bad Taryn Coffey and the good Isaac Sprague. I'm the moderator of today's debate. Both campaigns have agreed to the rules. And for the record, I decided the topics and the questions in each topic. No noise, except right now, as we welcome the bad nominee, Taryn, and the good nominee, Isaac. Gentlemen, a lot of people have been waiting for this episode, so let's get going. Our first subject is the Green Book. I don't agree with the Green Book deal myself. The 2019 best, uh, uh, best, uh, the, uh, the new winner of, uh, the super great, the, uh, the Green Book is good, but I don't know about the best picture, uh, good, you know, um... Uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Look at him. He's got two masks on. He's watching movies with two masks on. How are you supposed to eat popcorn with those big things on? With ugly color. Corn pop. Uh, uh, popcorn is a bad dude. Uh, bad uh, snack. Bad snack. Okay. And and, and this man okay. is a hack. You know I what's a bad snack, ladies toupee, and gentlemen? You'd this see man's Michael top fucking Bay underneath there. Warmongering for more explosions and titties Empire and A24 indie films. It's a joke. Look at him over there, thinking he has any idea. What, uh, what, what I was talking about. This man has no idea what is best for the, the film nation. industry. Now, hey, buddy, when you, hey, hey, listen here, Jack. When you were color correcting your tip propaganda videos, you forgot to tone down the orange. I'll justify that statement with the response when you release your 2017 box office earnings. Will you shut up, man? That's it. Just cut to the review. All right, welcome back to the Good, the Bad, and the Boys podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Taryn. I'm Isaac. And this is the single greatest pop culture podcast you've ever had the pleasure of listening to. Oh, yes. You will never find a podcast like this one. No, you will not. <laughs> so, if good you all American the good, the bad, podcast. and blank on podcasters, um, <laughs> there, there, there certainly won't be a dozen results. We are totally original. Yes, totally original. <laughs> Listen to us and us alone. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Alrighty. Civil War is coming up. Um, what Civil movies War did is you coming up? Did you want to review to get hyped for that? Yeah. Isaac? Well, since uh, the election is in a couple days, I thought it would be good to sit down and discuss some patriotic presidential movies. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, good old, good old uh, American classics. <laughs> Uh, modern classics, perhaps. Uh, but yes, very, good old very '90s American. classics. <laughs> yes, all American. All and, American. Uh, yeah, action. so I decided. Yeah, my. Yeah, I, I think my dad has watched this movie a couple times, so I was a little um, intrigued by it. Thought this would be a good time to watch uh, Air Force One, from 1997, the year I was born. Oh. Yeah, same year as like Titanic and stuff. Or wait, I think Titanic was the following year or something. But yes, Air Force One. And uh, what uh, patriotism have you watched this week? <laughs> what bumbling patriotism <laughs> is the bad brought for us this week? I decided oh, to yes. review, um, it's sort of the, I don't even know what to call the series. It's like the Has Fallen series, or the, the Chronicles of Mike Banning. It's the, the Gerard Butler ones. It's like Olympus Has Fallen. I chose to specifically focus on the, the third installment in the franchise, Angel Has Fallen. That's kind of the... The worst one, in my opinion. Oh, okay. But sort of the series as a whole, 
I think is a good example of just like bland action movies and uh just yeah, yeah. just not not the best movies featuring the president. Yeah, they didn't they didn't seem appealing to me, yeah, when I were, I, yeah, I am familiar with those movies, but yeah, they're just yeah. The third Very... installment, I thought it'd come out like five years ago, came out last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty recent. Yeah. I guess uh, just to start, what in your professional American opinion is a good, <laughs> like, you know, American action blockbuster? You got like a favorite American aside from Air Force One or like some good examples? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some good examples, I would say, is like a lot of those spy movies really hone in on some nice, uh, juicy espionage, Ooh. sometimes American, sometimes international. Uh, I what comes to mind is like the Jack Ryan movies um, with Harrison Ford, and um, those are those are really good uh, action packed, and you know they got some pretty high stakes. You know, definitely life life or death situations, and how the hero represent you know re- representing our nation has to uh, overcome those challenges. So, <laughs> so I guess that's what kind of makes a American movie, I suppose. Okay. But, I yeah. agree with you on that. I think a lot of it does ride on sort of like the hero, like the centerpiece of it, how they just sort yep. of represent, you know, the the red-blooded American fighting spirit and uh <laughs> right, exactly. how that yes. sort of is overcomes the problems, yeah. things come to mind. Uh the main one for me mm. would be like the <laughs> the president and also Will Smith in uh, in Independence Day. Kind of like <laughs> Oh, that. yes. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just kind of and, never quit attitude. Will Smith, mm-hmm. you know, he's just Will Smith in every movie, so he's saucing, yeah. sassing up aliens and shit. Right? <laughs> just don't give a right. shit. Right, right. Exactly, yeah. It's just, just full out, like just slaughter and, and action and all, all that fun stuff. Even the classic mm-hmm. action heroes like, you know, like Bruce Willis and Die Hard, where they're just, like, charismatic enough that they sort of carry the the action and keep right. it grounded enough and like they're just likable so you want to follow them through the story it gives you someone to root for yeah yeah and and that that is a plus with some of these movies some of these movies really lack that like humanization of certain characters they feel a little robotic sometimes and just this killing machine but it's good to have a little bit of like a humane grounded um aspect to these characters whether it be like their family or you know just like uh die hard um you know he's he's got his wife and and whatnot, John and uh, so yeah. There's there's a little bit of a human element to each of these characters, and I've I've kind of noticed too, like across, like you know there's there's a lot of stories about international agencies like across across the world, and what kind of comes to mind is like James Bond, for 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 that type of uh, culture over there in Britain, he's a little bit more of a I I don't know like he. He's a little more smart. He's a little more um, kind of the civilized, a lot of, like the the gentleman spy yeah, sort of. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's a very gentleman like, very like proper, prim, but also you know of course there's lethal things that happen, but uh, but compared to like the American uh, culture, it's it's a little more explosive, a little bit more action driven, <laughs> and you know so it's like yes. there's a little bit of some contrast of like spies around around the world. And uh, kind of depends on each of their cultures and, and whatnot, and what they stand for. Even some like Russian spies too could be a little bit, you know, brutal and you know, there's there's just different aspects. The, the stereotypes that, in every in every action movie. Yes, <laughs> I like the uh, the. Have you seen Man from Uncle, the Guy Ritchie one with Henry Cavill, Army Hammer? Oh no, it looks good. Just like but, yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. It's like a 
a three-pronged agency that comes up. It's like um, the Americans, Russians, and like the British during like the Cold War. <laughs> and it was funny oh, to damn. see as it, they're exactly like the archetypes you describe. Uh, Army Hammer plays like the Russian guy, and he's just like the strong, mm. silent killing machine. Henry Cavill's, yeah. you know, the American spies. He's like he's really quippy, and he likes to he likes to flirt with all the girls, and <laughs> yeah, he's a little, he's a little, a little saucy. more charismatic, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So it's a lot like that. So they're just sort of like the classic. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say stereotypes, yeah. but kind of the archetypes of like international action heroes, sort of. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think even like uh, the um, Kingsman really plays on a lot of the stereotypes too. Oh, like, yeah, especially in the second one with the American spy agency is all about whiskey and <laughs> horse yeah. riding and and uh, uh, but you know then you got the gentleman like of of the Kingsman agency. Yes. So very yeah, very different different styles for sure. Just for those uh, for those international listeners, um, Kingsman Two flop that it was, uh, ab- absolutely um, perfect rendition of American culture. Um, all we yes. all we <laughs> care about here is whiskey and guns, and yes. um, yeah, if we were to have a super secret spy technology, we wouldn't you know do anything like the fancy umbrella or the watch. We would have a lightsaber lasso. <laughs> that's the, <laughs> that's yes, the American way. Would. Yeah, that's taught Good in old, public school. Like Lex Luthor, robot, something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Echo Ring suit. Class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Oh, no. Yep. So yeah. So it's uh, it's, it's it's quite fun. Quite fun. Yeah. Fun that's action. the archetypes. Let us know in the comments uh, what your favorite white man action hero archetype is. <laughs> As we've discussed, yeah. Let us so, know. So There's plenty of them. There's yeah. plenty. <laughs> Amazing, but uh, but yeah. So yeah. Speaking of, shall we get into it? Yeah. Which action shall we get get into first? Heads or tails, King? Call it. Oh, okay. Uh, head. Heads. All right. Heads. Isaac's calling JFK. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you know? The bad gets to go first. Finally. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. What do you know? All right. We're breaking. Breaking our uh, our good streak, breaking them all. Yeah, I've at this point after like four episodes in a row of uh, <laughs> of the coin toss going heads up. <laughs> I feel like audience were just, were just starting to think uh, like we just faked it. Yeah, we just <laughs> like yeah, let's toss the coin. Yeah. All right, you go for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a a very truthful podcast. We would never ever. We would never hide anything from any of our audience. We'd never hide anything from you guys, except our tax records. Weird. All right, let's get into it. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, what do you know about the, I don't even know what to call it, the Has Fallen series? Mm. Has Fallen. Has Fallen. The adventures of uh, of forgettably named main character <laughs> Mike Banning, that, mm. that household name there everyone knows and loves. <laughs> All-American name. All-American. Yeah, well, that's uh, I had the exact same response when I first got into the movie. I watched the entire series this weekend just for for context for the last one, and mm-hmm. also just to see like how it how it works as a trilogy. So just some brief okay. backstory: Olympus has fallen, twenty thirteen. You know, action thriller sort of is directed by Antoine Fuqua. Each movie has had a different director, but they were all written by the same person, Creighton Rottenberger, who doesn't Mm. have an extensive history, I believe. But Creighton (laughs) Rottenberger was the writer for all three of these films. His other 
you know, action repertoire includes The Expendables 3, everyone's favorite Expendables oh, movie. Wonderful. Yeah, and this. So he's he's basically um, just like a textbook action movie writer guy for a textbook action yeah. movie. Wasn't especially which is, which is a good choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if a... you if you know what you're, you know, if you know what you're making and you're familiar with it, I mean, it's probably the best yeah, choice to it, uh... leave it to these type of people. Although Expendables three, that's uh, it's a little questionable. It was uh, but... it was a bit of a rough one, as is this entire series. <laughs> Oof. Uh, yeah, I think Olympus has fallen. The first one is my favorite in the series, just because I like mm. the premise the best. Of I I love the. Uh, the one-man army action movie type uh, mm-hmm. premises. Like, Die Hard is a favorite. Oh, yeah, Die Hard. John yeah, Wick is John a great Wick. one. Yeah. Um, and nice. then, you know, the more, like, action-heavy James Bond movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Columbiana with Zoe Saldina. That that one I liked. That one came out a while ago. It wasn't too popular, but I liked it a lot. Oh, okay. And then this one. So it started, there's some pretty big-name stars in this one. We got uh, Morgan Freeman, uh, Aaron Eckhart, Two faces in it, and the the main man, Mike Manning himself, the name you all know and love. We got Gerard Butler. Oh yes, and Gerard, Gerard Butler. Butler. I th- I think his best film is Phantom of the Opera, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly enough, my favorite was a was a Zack Snyder film, and oh. that that statement just lost us all credibility within the movie podcast community. But <laughs> I like Three Hundred a lot. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I don't think any anyone hates three hundred. Yeah, I don't think anyone takes three hundred seriously, but I don't think anyone dislikes no. three hundred. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. It's Zack Snyder just got to do you know the telling of some classic Greek tale or uh, Spartan tale, <laughs> as opposed to yeah. uh, the beloved superhero franchise of Batman and Superman. Yeah, as hyper realistic as it is, hyper you know, <laughs> able to do that, but <laughs> hyper hyper realistic. Everyone's fucking jacked in three hundred. <laughs> Of the Spartan yep. diet. Yep. Yeah, so Gerard Butler's career has taken an interesting turn in the <laughs> the 2010s. My personal mm-hmm. favorite, well, my favorite bad film of his, which might make an appearance on this podcast, <laughs> is um, Gods of Egypt. Oh, Gods of Egypt. Okay. I have not seen that one. You've not seen Gods oh, I remember of Egypt. the trailers for that. It looks so bad. Oh, yeah. It takes place in Egypt where everyone's white. Um, it stars Gerard Butler <laughs> as the villain and Jamie Lannister. <laughs> like Nicola. Jamie Post- Lannister? No way. Yeah, he's like the hero in it. So if when you nice. picture Egyptian god, um, if Jamie Lannister isn't the first thing that comes to mind, <laughs> you might not like this <laughs> You're movie. You're wrong. <laughs> you are wrong. But yeah. He's had, <laughs> he was nominated in <laughs> Law Abiding Citizen for uh, Worst Foreign Actor and won in 2011. Oh. In, in, also in 2011 in the movie The Bounty Hunter, he was nominated for the Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Actor and Worst oh, Screen no Couple. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. no. He wasn't How to Train Your Dragon, so that was a good one. But yeah, in mm. 2017, or sorry, 2013 was Olympus Has Fallen came out. And I honestly think that was one of his better movies for the 2010 <laughs> yeah. era. Uh, in 20, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was 2013. 2017, London Has Fallen came out. That was the sequel to Olympus Has Fallen. I remember that one, yeah. That one, yeah. Mm. That one caught a lot of flack, London Has Fallen, because uh, mm. it was racist as fuck. <laughs> Uh-oh. There's like some new terrorist threat uh, every movie. 
and the studio just happens to capitalize on like whatever global power is currently seeming the most threatening at the time. Mm. So in 2013's Olympus has fallen. It was uh, it was North Korean insurgents. Oh, <laughs> they, uh, all right. Yeah, they okay. posed as like the South Korean uh, leaders, like uh-huh. entourage, and they took over the White House. Uh-huh. And then it was Gerard Butler. He's like a disgraced Secret Service agent. He's got a he's got a hot <laughs> wife who's a nurse, but he's got to go save the president and the president's oh. kid. Yeah, <laughs> which it was all right. Uh, the stakes randomly yeah. got really high towards the end of the movie because the entire film was um the entire film was centered around just like rescuing the president because they were used they were holding him hostage to make the uh, the speaker of the mm. house who was the acting president at the time recall U.S. Okay. forces from the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea. Which would, you know, result in South Korea just getting the dick. Mm-hmm. So that was like the stakes of the movie. And that was fine enough. I liked sort of the the political yeah. like, ramifications of, you know, how that what, what would come about from that. Yeah. And it focused yeah. a lot on themes of like U.S. negotiations with terrorists. <laughs> and then, you know, the typical political action thriller movies of the the enduring American spirit. And mm. never quitting and stuff like that. But then the stakes randomly just shit just hit the fan in the last like twenty minutes of the movie. Mm. They they've been like stealing codes from the president's cabinet and stuff. And in the last twenty minutes, they're like, we're gonna detonate all the fucking nukes in the United States at once and turn your <laughs> and turn your country into <laughs> nuclear wasteland. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Oh boy. It felt a little like ham fisted towards the end. There. Do you think? Do you think uh, when Civil War Two happens, do you think it, it'll be a good opening for Russia and North Korea to? To, when to, civil to when civil war two happens, create the nuclear modern warfare three <laughs> fallout. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna turn the world into into guy. Was that really bad? What Call of Duty ghosts where the world is just get post post nuclear war? Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, That's I guess you know scary. we are doing apocalypse movies in December, so tune tune in then to find out for our <laughs> predictions. <Yeah>. as to <laughs> how see if they've come United true. Or states not. will look. Uh, I'm also open <laughs> to you know our foreign listeners accepting us as refugees so that we could keep doing the podcast <laughs> yes please let us know please help us <laughs> oh memes fun so the first memes. one was the most critically acclaimed one of the series the second one london has fallen the north korean phase the fad of you know north korea has, uh, has died down a little at that point now it's uh it's islamic terrorism is all the rage again and so those were the mm. villains in in london has fallen they assassinated the oh, okay. prime minister of Europe to get all the world leaders at the G7, and then they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna kill them all. They're gonna kill them all. That's mm. the only plan. The <laughs> second movie, I believe, caught the it was the most controversial of the bunch because your boy yeah. Creighton, the writer of them all, uh, <laughs> this one was kind of racist as fuck. London has fallen. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can see there's a room for that. Uh... <laughs> I could see, yeah. yeah. But despite that, this was the highest grossing of the three films by like fifty oh, million dollars. Really? Oh wow! God bless America. Oh, God bless America. <laughs> yeah. So this one caught a lot of flack. There's not much to say about the second mm-hmm. one. It's similar to the first one. They all have different directors, and they all have different um, cinematographers mm-hmm. in each one. So they can't really. I don't know. There is it like a like a style to it, you know. Uh, like when you think yeah. an action, a memorable action movie franchise, there's like a style to it. Like Kingsman has a very specific style and the fight scenes, even in the second yeah. one, which I thought was really right. bad, like from a script perspective, was all oh, very yeah. good. They have like the long rotating long takes um, and they're all just excellently yeah. choreographed. 
fight scenes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's all just very stylish, um, just sort of like a play right, on the, yeah. the spy genre. Yeah, spy genre, namely like the seventies James Bond a little bit. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it has like, like yeah, that and it's a little style. saturated too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's yeah, it's got that yeah. Yeah, and even those style. old James Bond movies are are stylish in it, and I like how the Daniel Craig ones sort of they even have a little fun yeah. with that a little as well, where Bond kind of goes out of his way yeah. to, to you know keep up that slick, smooth British spy mystique even in a, right. even in a fight scene. <laughs> My favorite yeah. is in Skyfall when he's like he gets riddled with bullets and he jumps through the hole in the train car and then he like <laughs> fixes his lapel, <laughs> just stuff <laughs> like right. that that you know adds like character yeah. and stuff to the movie. Right, uh, that's yeah. not really. That's not really present in any of these films. Oof. Through fight scenes or just general, like a cinematic perspective, there isn't really anything to uh, to carry it like that. Uh, the stories either are bland. The first one had a cool premise, but they kind of drag it out in this, in the second and third ones. The hmm. fight scenes, there's like occasionally a few cool shots, but nothing that's really gonna stick with me. I think a few weeks after I see this. <laughs> it's not going to yeah. be, you know, the John Wick nightclub fight scene or even like, mm. you know, the dumb shit Fast and Furious action <laughs> where <laughs> just the stupid ass stuff they do kind of sticks with you. Like when like, they're like ramping cars off a submarine and shit or they're skydiving with them. Like <laughs> right. that stuff is not good, but it's memorable yeah. and it's funny. Yeah. And I think exactly, if a movie yeah. can get some iconography that like sticks in your head. Yeah. Then it's done something right. Yeah. Yeah, no. what exactly. what movies come to your it's mind when bit. you think of you know just <laughs> actually <sort of> yeah <laughs> what came to mind is like the Hobbit like unexpected journey where God they're going it. through the goblin mines and it's such a weird super like absurd like sequence <laughs> of them just m- mowing through these orcs and like goblins a, and stuff like a Vermintide yeah. game <laughs> yeah it really was it did turn into a Vermintide game but but it's it's stuck you know something I definitely that first comes to mind when i think of the like the hobbit and stuff i was like oh damn yeah that happened <laughs> they, they mowed through those goblins with not a scratch on them either so. with not a scratch beautiful yeah there were yeah. a few shots that were you know interesting for the time in the first one the first one i think mm-hmm. did the action the best it had the best hand-to-hand mm-hmm. combat there was like the least amount of cutting that is by the time by the time you get to the second and third one the hand-to-hand combat in it is like some shit from like fucking Taken Three, where it's like fifteen mm, cuts yeah. to watch him jump over a fence. It's kind of like that. Oh my gosh, yeah. The first one at Oof. least had some decent wide camera angles of fight scenes. There's a pretty good one in the Oval Office. There's this nice sequence where uh, the roof of the White House like blows up while dr- the main characters on it, and you get a cool camera shot. It looked, it didn't look green screen. Um, it looked like mm-hmm. they actually had Gerard Butler like on some rigging, like three stories up, and they dropped him through a bunch of holes in the floor. Oh, okay. And but so it, that looked cool. But it, but it really was green screen. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. If it was green screen, they did That's a good, good job with it. And if it wasn't, then it's an even better job. <laughs> but yeah. by the third movie, my God, by the third movie, it is just green screen everything. And it the oh, green screen no. looks worse. I don't know. Somehow the CG in the third one looks worse than it did in the first one. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like in the first one, there was the whole, I think, kind of the most memorable sequence that comes to mind, at least when I had first, from what I remember of seeing it back in 2013, the most memorable sequence was like the big ass, like B 52 fucking like minigun airplane flying fortress thing that Mm -hmm. flies up and just starts like massacring people in DC and and just unloads on the White House. Like that one. Obviously, they didn't get a real Mm -hmm. fucking war, war plane to do that with. 
and it was CG. Right, yeah. But it looked better than, I don't know, they have, like, helicopter crashes and shit in the third one and, like, drones and stuff, and they look like shit. And that movie came out last year in 2019. There's no excuse. Yeah, no, yeah, just no excuse for the CG to look bad, bad, especially since this one had, I think, one of the largest budgets out of them all. Yeah, the Mm. first one had 70 million budget, second one had 60 million, and the third one had, like, a 40 to 80 million dollar budget. Um, and the locations well. <laughs> definitely weren't as cool in the third one. You know, the first one it literally takes place in the fucking White House. And the second one's yeah. at, uh, like, the Parliament Building in London. It's, like, the streets mm-hmm. of London. The third one, the climax of the third one is in, like, a hospital that you can just tell is, like, a set. Uh, now they're just getting lazy with it. Now they have yeah. all this money, and they're just like, yeah, we're fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so the action yeah. was was pretty forgettable, and the effects, I think the effects in the third one were the laziest. It just felt the laziest. Hmm. There, were a lot of, there were a lot of explosions in this movie. I was like, holy fucking shit, did Michael Bay direct this movie? Lots of <laughs> explosions. The, the premise of the third one is that um, our uh, America's favorite killing machine, Mike Banning, Secret Service agent, the only competent Secret Service agent in this, un- in this fictional <laughs> universe... He's framed for an assassination attempt on the president. This guy single-handedly clutched, saved the lives of the president like so many times in a row now. And then this one, he's framed for an assassination attempt on the president. And of course, everyone believes mm. it. It reminds me of like the uh, the Mission Impossible logic, <laughs> where in every movie, <laughs> Ethan Hunt gets like denounced by the organization. He has to go do it on his own. Yeah. Despite him Gosh, being every time, I feel like, like loyal. every movie. <laughs> in every movie. Yeah. <laughs> Every time a new one comes out, they're like, Hunt's gone rogue. Yeah. We gotta kill him. Every time. Every fucking time. But yeah, in this one, uh, in this one, it's sort of like, it's kind of like a fugitive type thing where he's on the run. He's trying to mm. find out who, who tried to kill the president and staying away from everyone else. And while mm. I like that they mixed up the premise since the first two were very, very similar to each other, I think they could have... If they were going to go with an original premise, I think they could have gone with a with a more original premise because the fugitive spy yeah. one is also very overdone. Right. I, I think like a lot of spy movies are just doing that now too. Like I even feel like James Bond did that a little bit too. There, like yeah, James Bond does have a little, few like rogue like that where they yeah the yeah. like rogue storyline, mm-hmm. which is interesting when it's done well. And even in the you know the the newer Bond films that have that plot. I think like Skyfall comes to mind uh, where mm-hmm. he's got to do some stuff under the nose of MI6. Like that's interesting, which again, yeah, I think comes right. back to the point that action movies do rely a lot on their, their leading character, their main character yeah. to just sort of like ground it and give the audience someone to root for. And my God, right. Mike Banning is so fucking boring. He's just like textbook action <laughs> hero for the first two <laughs> movies. He doesn't change like at all. He's like, and he, I don't know, he's kind of a psychopath. I don't know, they, they just give us like, you know, the good, the centered American Secret Service agent who'll do anything to save the president and protect his country. But I don't know, he's kind of a psychopath. He yeah. like tortures some people in the first movie oh, and he enjoys it. Ooh. You know, there's always the scene no, where... No remorse. Yeah, no remorse. There's always the scene where, you know, the bad guy calls him up on the intercom like it's a fucking video game or something and to talk shit. And... <laughs> He doesn't really have any, like, quippy lines. He's just like, I'm going to put my knife in your fucking head. <laughs> he reminded me of the main character from the Call of Juarez game I played in episode three. Where he just, oh, he just yeah. talked really edgy. Oh, no. Yeah. So it wasn't, yeah. you know, like, like 
Bruce Willis where they had some quippy quotes or even like um sort of yeah. like the newer action hero archetypes like Keanu Reeves in uh in John Wick where they play to his yeah. strong and silent type strengths. Yeah, yeah. Just cuz he's not, you know, throwing out quips left and right, it makes the ones that right. he does say that much funnier. It makes me think of the third John Wick movie where they, you know, him and Halle Berry <laughs> go on that killing spree and she's like <laughs> at the end of it after they killed like 50 guys, she's like they shot my dog, and he's like, "I get it." <laughs> and it was, like, does that kind of stuff makes it funny. funnier? And the writing of the characters yeah. around, you know, an action hero like John Wick, where they they hype him up as this unkillable machine, and it just yeah. their I don't know, it's sort of like interplay with Keanu and stuff, make the character mm-hmm. more entertaining and make them fun to watch. And then there's also you know the flawless choreography and stuff like that. Right, yeah. Well, it's just that's that's a funny that's such a funny line of yeah, because it's all about his dog. This whole yeah, the whole, whole this whole shit that show. whole yeah, thing is, is about his dog. So a that was, video that was on funny. the John Wick kill count. He's got like a three hundred body kill count by the end of the third movie throughout <laughs> the series, and it all started over a dog. <laughs> so that line's hilarious just because of a canine. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 hilarious. Yeah, that's that's what the premise is set on. So yeah, so yeah. you know, fun. But was there any for- like? Yeah, was there like any lines or quips in, in in this these movies? Like, is there any memorable quotes? Like, could you quote Gerard Butler in any of these? Gerard Butler, I honestly couldn't remember a single line that he said in the entire movie. <laughs> I think it's because they take themselves very seriously, despite the kind of silly premises. Mm. The third yeah. one, I think, was the most reactionary of them all. It sort of backpedaled on a lot of things that happened in the second one that people were very critical of, including that, you know, the main character, Mike Manning, wasn't really a character. He was just sort of like a video game character, but not mm-hmm. even, you know, a, a fun video game character with no backstory, like Master Chief, because at least, because again, strong silent type with oh, the right. occasional quip, it's still entertaining to watch. And you have, you know, other characters like Cortana there to play off of him. He usually just goes at it alone, and it's just boring to watch. The third one added in the character of his dad in this one. And that included... Mm. Uh, <laughs> Trying to bring in some family. Yeah. Humanize I, him a bit, I suppose. I don't know. We've got another another favorite from the Good, the Bad, and the Boy series. we got Nick Nolte. Oh, no way. Yeah, he's back. So he played, nice. he played the dad in the third one. And I think he was my favorite character oh, okay. in the series. You, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fans of fans of the show will recognize Nick Nolte as also appearing in <laughs> the Ridiculous Six, <laughs> but he's yeah, in some other. It was stuff. very unfortunate because I, I I think he has done a couple westerns back in the day too. So like, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate some of the things yeah, he gets well, caught. He up brings in. it back in the Mandalorian, which is just like a space western. Yeah, he does. That was very good, very good performance on his part. <laughs> or well, I guess that wasn't really him. His voice, at least. <laughs> yeah. Well. So. Yeah. He did a he did a pretty funny job in this one. There wasn't a lot for him to go off of, like script wise. He was just sort of like a jaded father who served in Nam, and he is intended to act as somewhat of a foil to Mike's character. Because for Mike's character, they also mm-hmm. tried to add some other stuff going on with him as well, like his like PTSD from the fucked up first two movies, and he's got like a bunch of concussions and stuff from his from his mm-hmm. action scenes. So he's he's kind of addicted to like pain pills now. And for I don't know, I thought it would it would have been like sort of an interesting take on the movie where he has to, you know, go through all the action scenes and whatever in this movie because he's getting like some crippling migraines and stuff. But they don't do anything with it. They talk about it during the first like hour. It is sort of a plot device. 
45 minutes, even 30 maybe. <laughs> and then it's just never brought up again in any of the fight scenes or anything that he does. For the rest of the film, he doesn't he doesn't really do that never comes up again until like the end of the movie. Yeah. Well, that would have been a that been a good like uh, word that like interferes with some of the combat or yeah, just you know, he has to like work work against it and yeah, exactly. I don't know why they yeah. would introduce these you know sort of like plot elements and then not follow through on them once the actual story kicks up. Yeah, which is right. Whatever. But Nick Nolte was good. I think <laughs> my favorite scene from the third one is when he's staying in his dad's cabin. His dad's become like basically a sovereign citizen where he just like lives out in the woods mm. and he, all he talks about is like fucking big brothers coming to get you <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just stuff like that. And then some mercenaries come to kill him and it's setting it up. It's going to be like this whole big like action scene at night where they got to go pick them off one by one. Um, mm. And there was a nice little subversion in there where his dad's like, no, nah, no, nah, just come with me. And they like go in a tunnel that he dug. And they pop up in like a oh, bush okay. and he just starts blowing them up with landmines. <laughs> <laughs> and Gerard Butler, it, that, that was kind of a funny sequence because he keeps, whenever he sees some yeah. new guys, he like picks up a gun. He's like, I'm going to go get him. You stay here. And his dad's like, no, no. And then he just pulls a wire and they all explode. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a funny little, little. Yeah. So that was a funny yeah. little sequence. Kind it's of like a, so... yeah, it's a little like Indiana Jones and his father. Uh, dynamic i guess yeah kind of like that indiana jones and his father like indiana jones uh when the swordsman comes up in the first one and they're like hyping up a big sword fight scene and he just shoots yeah it's kind of like yeah kind of like that uh which Mm -hmm. (laughs) brings me to the pyrotechnics every explosion every you can tell what's cg and what's practical effects because the cg first of all looks like shit and the rest of the explosions are all i don't know if there was like a sale or something on just one type of pyrotechnics thing but they all look like the same explosion oh, <laughs> at the beginning of the copy film. Paste everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's all like the Michael Bay. It's the ones. It's a, I don't know, like like fucking mining equipment. It all blows up in like a mm-hmm. line. Uh, where so it's like one, two, three, four, five, right next to each other, and it's always like that <laughs> for every one. They're oh. even like timed out the same. So at the beginning of the film, yeah. the assassination attempt on the president is done on like a fishing trip with a bunch of mini drones that lock onto people and then fly in them and explode. It's like a swarm of them, which felt a little over the top, but I was I was willing to roll with it. But so they'd show the <laughs> shitty looking CG drones and then they'd show it from the shitty CG looking drones perspective of, you know, them flying towards everyone. But then the way it looked like they couldn't be fucked to animate the drones flying into them, like on the wide shots where it'd show the explosion. Uh, so you would just see them like blow up from like it just looked like the ground blew up under the. <laughs> uh-huh. And there were some cool practicals of, you know, like some, they were doing some, some live burns where they had like people on fire and they like fly into a lake or something. Oh, and yeah. those were, those were all right. But all, I don't know. It kind of drew me out of it that all the explosions look the same. So the drone strike explosion, the explosions that his dad was setting off through like his trip mines. <laughs> and then the ones at like the end of the movie, they were all, they, you could just tell that it was all like just the same like devices that they used for all of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. it, I don't know. It just felt lazy to me. That's how I would describe yeah. this movie and kind of the series as a whole is just lazy. Very lazy. Yeah. Lazy with the story. Lazy with the father-son relationship, migraines and all yeah. that. Yeah. Lazy with the story. That's lazy with how it falls up on yeah. plot devices. Lazy character writing. None of the villains are really compelling. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. And you could just tell right away like who the villain's going to be. They had... Um, hmm. They had... Fuck. What's his name? 
Danny Hudson, the guy who plays Stryker in X-Men 2. Oh, okay. He was the villain of the third one and that showed him in like the first scene uh, as they were like but they were like buddies from the army. But as soon as I see this guy's uh-huh. evil-looking fucking face, I'm like, yeah, I wonder who the villain's going to be this movie. <laughs> this guy's He's been so, <laughs> so thoroughly typecast as the villain that yeah. you can't see him in a movie oh without immediately just yeah, I, I can't see him. Yeah, I can't see him without being Stryker. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's Stryker. There, there he is. But, yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> so, the, yeah, the twist that is actually like an American uh, private army group who was just doing this to like warmonger so they could get paid or something mm. while uh, probably the most accurate real world scenario is just yeah it wasn't a very good twist it was pretty obvious yeah from the start yeah. and again the action hero is just not likable you don't really care about this guy <laughs> the action scenes are cool i know gerard butler is like a competent action hero and when yeah you know he's got stuff to work with i think it's good so i think even right. with the ridiculous premise and just sort of like the the lazy writing this trilogy and this final movie especially could have worked if they had just plotted out the action a little better, mm-hmm. which, like I said, the action in the first one I think is my favorite. The action in this one is my least favorite. The hand-to-hand is just, it's cut so bad, you can't even really oh, see what's yeah. going on. Yeah, is it like a Bourne movie, Jason Bourne, where it's like super shaky cam? Yeah, it is a lot of shaky cam. It's not even like with the intent of a Jason Bourne movie, where that one's supposed to be like very frenetic and... um and just sort of like wild and disjointed and it's got like the tight zoom for Jason Bourne. So it always looks like, you know, he's just being watched Mm kind of like that where there's like thematic elements to like the Bourne handheld stuff. This one just doesn't really have that at all. It's just bland. didn't even need it. Yeah. I really didn't even need it. I think they would have done better if they just utilized all of, all of Butler's, you know, action movie experience and they just got like, got some better stunt doubles and did some long takes with the, with the choreography and stuff. Mm, that's too bad <laughs> yeah the cinematographer of this one was jules o'lallan o'lachlan o'lallan mm-hmm. is his two biggest works were this movie and also i don't know if you've seen the show it's sort of like the prequel show to treasure island in 2014 black sales oh no i didn't that black one. sales yeah. it, oh, had a, I, it was yeah. pretty good i watched a few episodes and it was nice yeah. he's very good at like um like long I takes i know what you're talking about yeah, like long takes and establishing shots and stuff like that. There are actually some really fun ones in the in the third movie that I like. There was this nice sequence where he gets arrested and it kind of reminded me of like the lighthouse where it's all very dark and the only lighting for like a good minute is just the police lights. Mm-hmm. You see the police lights on his on his face as the rest of the world sort of fades out and then the police lights it transitions from his face to just the police cars driving through you know a, a dark forest road. And stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it, it, yeah, I don't know. It almost made it worse because it like gave me hope that the action or just the anything could be good, but it just wasn't really. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just didn't, didn't like that. Uh, that. What else yeah. did I have to say about this movie aside from that? It's bland and it was very, <laughs> it was very reactionary to the super racist second movie. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, bad guys, they're, they're not just Muslims and Koreans. Uh, look, American, uh, American mercenaries. <laughs> They're bad too. Yeah, they can do bad things. Trying to backtrack a bit. Yeah, yeah, really backpedal. A little apologist. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite quote two. from. The... Oh yeah, that's that's the quote you said you were asking about like quippy lines that they said. Yeah, <laughs> he has one. Yeah. he has one in the first movie that really just affirmed him as a psychopath, where he's on the phone with oh, the no. <laughs> with the the like the guru the war um 
fuck, what are they called? I don't know. The commando, the North Korean like commando leader who took over the White House. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I'm sick of negotiating with his like poorly. Gerard Butler in any movie he's in where he's not like a Scotsman, he just does like a shit job doing a not Scottish <laughs> accent. Doing his shitty American yeah. accent, he's like, I'm tired of negotiating with the People's Republic of of who gives a fuck, and then he like shoots someone in the head. <laughs> Oh, wonderful! Yeah, that is that's that's the that's the line. It's <laughs> no, it's no that's like hilarious. Dwayne Johnson quips. Oh yeah, yeah. His his accent, yeah, he doesn't do very good. Like even his his Scottish accent even slips too. And in, in like when he's singing in the Phantom of the Opera too, he'll he'll like sing Scottish for a minute. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> There's the. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Little Scottish Phantom. That yes. was one of my. We'll have to. We'll have to do like a drunk watch of of uh, <laughs> Gods of Egypt because <laughs> it's so funny. Okay. He's like white ass walking around with his Scottish accent. He's like the Egyptian <laughs> oh, god no. of the desert. <laughs> oh man, that's so horrible. funny. That's 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 awesome. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely have to go through that then. Oh god, that was good. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah. So just psychopath lead, boring action, uh, very sort of bland cinematography. And mm-hmm. lazy writing, I think, is what does the series in, and it sort of seals it as not, you know, a household. Mike Banning is not a household name, as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, action stars like Neo, or even the heroes of, you know, the the presidential patriot flicks that we all know and love. You know, you got like Mel Gibson in Patriot, and we got <laughs> Will Smith yeah. in Independence yeah. Day, and, you know, they're all just very popular names. This one yeah. just doesn't... You know, Harrison Ford's got that... You know, yeah, Harrison too, Ford but... in the one you're going to talk yeah. about, the Air Force One. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This one is just going to yeah, be kind of forgettable. Those. And it's going to be, yeah. I don't really see this one sticking around super long. Gerard Butler is just not not the hero we deserve. <laughs> not the hero we deserve. Oh, God. Oof. Yeah, just stick to being a, a Scottish Leonidas. Don't go back to singing, please. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's my yes. hot takes on on the Angel Has Fallen and sort of the Olympus Has Fallen series, the adventures of, of right. Mike Banning, secret agent, Mike pill Banning. pop and psychopath. All right. That, that's wonderful. So how, how, how would you rate this movie out of 10 uh, American stars? 10, 10 out of the, out of the 10, 10 stars on the American flag? Um, yes. <laughs> I'd, uh, I think the first one I'd give like a six and then two mm. and three like a four to a five Ooh. i think All series right. as a whole i think it, i think it's a good average five five out of ten i'd say for this series it's not like those, those insufferably have, have seceded bad from the union <laughs> yeah it, it might it, maybe the second one is might be just a little racy and the third one's just just a fucking bumbling shit fest but you know the yeah. explosions are cool to look at, and it's not like terrible. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But not very good not either. That's not the movie that's going to inspire me during Civil War Two. Unlike <laughs> yeah. Air Force One, I'm yes. going to oh yes. I'm going to fucking rip rip that theme as I vote. Don't forget to Absolutely. vote, everyone. Absolutely. Yeah, don't forget to vote. Yes. Patriotic duty, civic duty. Harrison Ford would want you to vote. Uh, so would Mike Banning. I want you to vote. <laughs> American hero Mike Banning would want you to vote. Yes. That'll inspire oh, yes. people. 
Yes. <laughs> um, but yes, Air Force One. So shifting to the more, uh, yeah, this 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 one's definitely better. I I would say yeah, this one's a pretty good good movie if you're looking to watch a little patriotic movie like on Fourth of July or or you know even this this week as as we see who who gets reelected. Um, but yeah, it's uh. Yeah, it's 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 your kind of average Harrison Ford action movie. I, I would say this this isn't as good as his like uh, Jack Ryan series, like Patriot Games and like Clear and Present Danger, but uh, it's pretty good. Um, and at this time too, Harrison Ford, uh, he uh, he's already kind of established some of his notable roles. You know, like Indiana Jones, Han Solo, of course, and he's a hot commodity. And also, yeah, he's yeah, uh, even Deckard too from Blade Runner and and. Uh, you know, he's already Jack Ryan at this point. I think Patriot Games was like in 1992 or something or 95. Was Fugitive out um, at this point? Yeah, or yeah, Fugitive was even before this too. Um, so yeah, just a couple couple years before, um, I believe. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, it was it was uh, directed and produced by Wolfgang Peterson, which is quite an interesting name. But he's he's done some uh, action espionage type movies um as well um i forget the other one he did but he did one like before this one pull up the movie oh yeah um in i think it, it was uh outbreak in the line of fire um, he also did the, the never-ending story as well. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, back in the eighties. Um, so yeah, so he he's got some notable things, and uh, yeah, you can tell like with his cinematography and his style of directing that yeah he he knows what he's doing with the espionage, spy thrillers, and whatnot. But yeah, so you do have uh, Harrison Ford. Um, also, William H Macy is in this too. He makes an appearance, which was kind of surprising. Um, as one of like the, one of his top, you know, one, I, I forget what his role in it was, but, uh, and then he, and then, uh, yeah, Gary Oldman too was the Russian, um, spy in this one. Um, and Gary Oldman's a fantastic actor. I really love that dude. He's like a chameleon yeah. of characters. He really does. He, he's got, he's got a wide variety. I mean, gosh, he played Churchill. He was the fifth element bad guy and he was crazy in that one. And yeah, he's just been, yeah. Jim, uh, Jim Gordon, all that. So, um, yeah, he's been in a lot. Um, and yeah, he does a great job. He's, he's, I think his, uh, his performance in this, um, is fine. I think Harrison is probably the best one out of all of them. But Gary Oldman is definitely a close second in that. He's he's almost as just as good as Ford nice. in this. He's definitely convincing with his Russian accent. Like he's he's got it nailed down. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's pretty good. So a little little uh, summary about Air Force One is that they a uh, country Kazakhstan, which is where Borat's from, and I thought it was a made up country, but it's an actual country, uh, kind of right below Russia and right like above uh the middle east and whatnot so kazakhstan go to kazakhstan uh i guess they had a general that was trying to radicalize uh, some of the russian communist ideas uh, against the motherland themselves 
And the General Raddick that was a part of that got captured uh, thanks to the U.S. intervention and um, Russian partnership. Okay, so and this is so like a post-Cold War? Him. Is when it takes place? Yeah, this is definitely post-Cold War, and I'm assuming it takes place in present day of 1997 in the 90s. Yeah, which I've noticed that that's, you know, during the 80s and 90s, a lot of these, like, spy thrillers, like even James Bond has a little bit more of a Russian villains and, and whatnot that they yeah, have to a lot deal of with. antagonists were russian yeah and and I, I think probably even yeah even some of the yeah jack ryan too opens with that with red october with cold war tensions in submarine so a little bit of that tension for that and uh yeah so harrison ford makes a speech to to the world that we will not negotiate with terrorists and we will good old american president's speech of we you know it's your time to fear not our time to fear and so yeah, he definitely has a kind of big "fu" to the world speech, and uh, <laughs> which uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. It's a pretty good scene. Harrison Ford is pretty menacing, and uh, I think he'd make a pretty good president, to be honest. I'd vote for him. Yeah, I'd vote. I'd vote for Harrison Ford. So yeah, so of course there's the Russian tensions, and uh, yeah, this this whole movie to the soundtrack is very uh, war drum, very patriotic tone. Oh no, got to get the snare drums in there. Yeah, exactly. A little snare drums. Um, kind of reminded me of the Splinter Cell game uh, when you're sneaking around the CIA. It's like almost very, very similar to that. Like almost, it almost sounded the same. He's traveling back to the U.S. after his little press conference there in Russia. And uh, there is a Russian um, news team that heads, uh, that, that uh, Gary Oldman is a part of. And they turn out to be the Russian... Um, terrorists who are trying to get Radic out of prison by holding the president of the United States hostage. And so they exact their vengeance. But yeah, they disguise as a newscast to, uh, yeah. So that's kind of their into the most secure plane of Air Force One. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which I'm not sure how they, how they pulled that off, but they did. Um, and I guess, too, there's also a mole, too, that was in there that really was kind of a kind of a dumb like red herring type situation oh he's, he's a little bit of a throwaway but i guess he was like their american mole that they that he was able to like get them weapons for the arsenal in air force in the air force plane and uh so they they got well equipped by him and then he just kind of played played the part of the the ally the american ally um but yeah so they take Take hold of the, the of of the plane, hold the uh, president's family hostage, the presidential cabinet hostage. Uh, the president himself was escorted in a timely fashion out of the plane, so at least they thought he was escorted out, and um, they tried to put him into a a pod, a little escape pod from the plane. Um, they launched it, and uh, they thought he got away, but Harrison Ford kind of st- stowed away. The president was a stowaway on his own plane? Yes, <laughs> pretty much. So he stowed away a little bit. So they thought he was off, but he was actually, he became the hero of the, so he was trying to sneak around and try to get the terrorist off his plane, which is, that's his big notable um, thing is, get off my plane. That's his line at the end there. Sick of these motherfucking Russians on my motherfucking yes. plane. <laughs> yes. Sick of the, yes, pulls a... Samuel Jackson. Nice. Uh, how do you think Harrison Ford as the president sort of embodies the 
the action hero, you know, the good action hero qualities as we discussed. Good yeah. American, true American patriot. Actually, right. Yeah. So yeah, he, he definitely has the American ideas of like, Hey, we're not going to nego- negotiate with the bad people. We're going to stand firm with what, with our beliefs of freedom and against uh, certain communist ideas and stuff. So he's very, it's very much that where he's got the American morals that he upholds the entire time and um what are his thoughts are on abortion too what <laughs> what what's what his are, thoughts on <laughs> what are his thoughts uh well i i uh i'm assuming he's more of a republican so he probably doesn't want doesn't doesn't uh doesn't agree with that How but yes president ford <laughs> harrison ford feel about the green new deal green new deal uh you know what he probably doesn't like it this president because <laughs> Fun fact, I think this was uh, Trump's favorite movie, too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, this president seems he seems a little bit more on the right side of things, perhaps. Um, but also his vice president does have that uh, Hillary Clinton imagery, too. So you could say that there is a mix of ideas of both Democrat <laughs> these, and Republicans. Uh, the, so. the characters in this movie, are they sort of like based off of 90s political figure? Uh yeah, it it seems that way. Yeah. Is it like in modern uh, Harrison television? Ford though, he's probably yeah, he's he's probably like the most unique out of any president because I mean it's Harrison <laughs> Ford as the president of the United States. So he doesn't look like anyone, but they're like, "Ah, we got to uh, write a president who isn't a war criminal, so we'll just make one up." Yeah. <laughs> make sure it's not uh yeah, exactly. But yeah, so they have a Hillary Clinton type vice president. So yeah, he's definitely a very non-negotiable president. Um and and it's definitely challenged throughout the the film you know he he's kind of he's his first kind of put to the test is that uh, one of his cabinet members he, he gets the countdown until the execution and it's kind of a good challenge because he was doing good i mean he was he was kind of trying to once once he stowed away he was just kind of in the hold for a while and just trying to analyze the situation but then just when he was kind of getting that edge you know then he gets put into a pretty pretty bad situational dilemma of does he just out himself to save one of his cabinet members or does he just stay hidden and he does does choose to stay hidden ruthless yeah uh, pretty pretty ruthless yeah yeah the countdown does lead to one of his cabinet members to be executed which uh which really sucks but uh but yeah the, uh, gary oldman's character too with the villain um he kind of he's he's got a it's pretty he's pretty formidable um because he has this whole speech to the president's family about like he he will drop his his personal morals for his motherland and and uh you know they're they're like well you're you're just a monster you're you know you're just you're here killing innocent people and he's like you know and then he makes the hypocritical stance of america of like well you you know with the iraq war too and trying to you know with the whole gas you know oil companies and classic life terrorists based on that and Yes, foreigners yes, bring outing, up the repertoire our, of American war <laughs> crimes the, to justify themselves. Yes, yes. Yeah, so listen to them. He, he definitely is. <laughs> yes, so he's definitely that uh, that antagonist for some of those uh, American ideas that we have. Good little uh, moral American dilemma there. But uh, yeah, this this whole uh, movie is kind of like the Modern Warfare Three Spec Ops mission, like the first mission. It's very reminiscent of that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just just a bunch of like trying to explode the plane doors and and uh, hold everyone hostage and stuff. Nice, so very action packed. How would you 
or do you yeah, describe the action, action yeah. in this movie? It was, it's actually kind of a slow burn, though, a little bit. I mean, there's some good... And actually, yeah, the action is pretty good. Um, it's very it's very realistic. Very... Uh, characters make actually pretty good decisions in this... In this uh, good, smart decisions that you probably would in this situation. Okay, so, so they're I'm very competent. proud of what the president's... Yeah, he, it's smart, and it's... Yeah, it's not... Although there is an eye roll moment of where he's trying to like land the plane, so he goes to cut the fuel, and uh, and and he's on. He, he he grabbed a phone from one of the conference rooms to like contact the cabinet, and they're putting some uh, information of how to like cut the fuel for the plane. So he's like cutting wires and everything, and then uh, and then the signal cuts out. The battery dies from the phone, so he's like, "Oh no, which wire do I cut?" and of course, there's red, white, and blue wires, then like yellow and green. <laughs> so he's like, "I won't, I won't cut you, red, white, and blue." And then he just cuts the green and like the the yellow one. <laughs> and I'm like, I my I just rolled my eyes. I was like, "Oh my god, that's, <laughs> what? that's so that's, that's a so on the nose." Yeah, it really is. But it was like, yes. <laughs> I die before I don't I know. That. I, I, I don't know what wire to cut. <laughs> <laughs> I know what wires not to would... cut. The red, white, and blue. <laughs> I'm just like, what? How how does that? How does the American colors? Uh, I don't know. How does that even correlate to how the fuel system works? You've never heard but of the yes, anti-terrorist was... sabotage system that comes on all American oh. industrial oh, technology. No. Yeah, if you cut oh. a if you is, cut is a red white, if you cut a red white or blue wire, um, it just summons in a, just the old man in a Yankee Doodle cap who kicks your ass. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So I see, I see now why he would do that. Yep. <laughs> Knew it. Okay. <laughs> that makes total sense. Perfect sense. <laughs> nice. It does sound like they're okay, getting Okay, that makes sense though. because the, the Yankee uh, dude flew flew into the plane and saved the day. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Perfect. Right. Yeah. Good ending. Funny Just like works. in the no, historical but... <laughs> documents. Yes. 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 <laughs> But yeah, so that was a huge eye roll moment. But yeah, so it was it was it was pretty good, pretty good uh, um, tensions. And actually, Gary Oldman does die like thirty minutes uh, before the like thirty minutes till the end, which was quite interesting. But and and the other the mole dude, he shows up at the end, and <laughs> it was a stupid setup to where you know they they did this whole like Dark Knight like Bane thing where the other plane is like repelling, you know, support and stuff oh, and getting people yeah. off the plane and stuff. And of course, um, <laughs> of course, uh, Harrison Ford's like, no, my family first. No, you guys first. And I'm like, oh, I wonder why he's staying behind so the mole can, you know, exact his vengeance one last time before <laughs> the mole gets killed. And I'm like, oh, geez, of course. You know, they're like, no, President, you're, you know, you're the, you're the first, first man. You, you have to, you have to go. But he's like, no, not until my family, not until all of you. I'll stay behind. And it's like, I wonder why. I wonder yeah. why. Because the villain died right at the end. 30 minutes before the end, and we still need a climax. Yeah. So, so was that it? Was that just how they yeah, maintained so that, attention uh, for the last 30 minutes? Was the, I, the I guess so. Zone? Yeah, that's when it got kind of meme and Kind yeah, of meme Yeah, and, and the problem, too, is like, yeah, there's a little bit. I mean, it's the 90s, but yeah, the green screen when it came to, like, people repelling from each plane. And there's even a part where the president's able to escort all of his pa- cabinet members he's able to drop down the plane to a good elevation to where they can just parachute off or they trick the russians into yeah so they trick the russians into lowering the elevation so they can all parachute off for a fuel resupply 
because the Russians are like, we're not we're not going to land this plane until we we get General Raddick out of prison. So uh, so they have a whole plane fueling sequence while the rest of the cabinet members are just are parachuting. But there's this horrible screen green screen moment of all these people in parachutes and you can just tell the background so fake there's like barely any wind blowing in their face even though they're like 2000 feet up in the air <laughs> falling from the plane so it's like <laughs> nice. yeah, it's so like the, uh, the didn't make any the grand sense. canyon horse riding sequence where they just yeah. sort of bobbing <laughs> exactly yeah it was totally like that it was yeah they had like mild wind blowing in their face it's a little <laughs> flutter in their hair and i'm like uh i no. So it got a little memey at that the point, and I mean, of course, it's the '90s, so can't expect too too big of some green screen well, action. We're gonna drop but, America's yeah. sweetheart Harrison Ford out of a real plane. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That guy's gonna be president one day. Yeah, he is. I, I'm, I'm counting on it. Can't risk that mishap on set. Yeah. After 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 seeing him as president in this movie, it's 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 apparent who needs to be in office. But yeah, um and yeah, uh, back to our whole character trying to humanize a little bit of these action heroes so we have something relatable. It was a nice little moments with his family kind of grounding grounding him in that sense. So it was kind of nice to have them on the plane too being in the line of fire had some tension there. Um there was kind of a weird like they're trying to do like a father-daughter relationship scene and i don't know she just like jumps on his lap and it was kind of awkward but i see what they were trying to do it's just like harrison just kind of no wonder donald trump likes his movies (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) all i could think of was uh trump's relationship with his daughter but yes (laughs) the very very 90s patriot hero they got uh yeah family man exactly a family man and and uh yeah, it was pretty good. You know, they had a little romantic, um, him and his wife, little scene, them kissing and stuff. And, you know, it was like okay, yeah, yeah, it was it was nice. Um, but yes, so they 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 attempted to to humanize him a bit, and they did pretty good. And he even wasn't going to negotiate too. He was, you know, even with his family and stuff, he wasn't willing to to put them in danger either. But uh, but it was kind of a cool moment of where Gary Oldman um, has his family hostage. They're on like the front of the plane, and uh, you know he's trying to get him to, you know, give him what he wants and whatnot. And uh, so he's got some little perception challenges of, oh, you're you're the most powerful man on earth, but uh, you know you're you're not willing to negotiate before, but now you are. So it was kind of a a good little challenge. To the president's so Oldman was sort of like a nice and, uh, a nice foil to Ford's character yeah. as president with oh, sort of totally. the power dynamic yeah. that they had. Exactly. Yeah. And and his his ideas compared to Ford's ideas. Um and uh yeah, there there's a whole sequence where he like smashes Ford around to get him what what he wants, and uh this glass shatters, and Harrison Ford looks at the glass. And you know he's going to use that to escape his bondages and cut through. Um, but the thing is, is that the glass shard was like right in front of him. And then he gets picked up again by Gary Oldman and gets slammed, you know, across some of the consoles. And then he has the glass shard in his hand. But the way, like, I, I mean, like, how did he, how did he get that? Like, it was like right in front of his face. How is he able to reach with his bound hands behind his back? How was he able to reach for that shard to like cut out? I don't know if there was a shard behind him and 
I don't know if it was like a little telling of the audience of like, oh, I'm, I'm after this means of escape and it's right behind. Sort of you know, like right behind the me, audience. I'm use it. Yeah, it might be more of a cue to the audience of what, what's going on behind his back. But at the same time, it's just not clear enough. It's just like, I don't know how he was able to swipe that fast. And maybe you just like Call of Duty swipe. Black Ops that shit where you just like put it in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was really. Yeah, it was like the was Breakfast really Club where he eats the cigarette, except the cigarette's broken <laughs> yeah. glass, and the and the principal is you know up. a Russian terrorist. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, who themes. knows? Maybe he was tidying it up his ass. I don't know, <laughs> but God bless America. Like, All right, God bless America. So yeah, so he was able to get out, do his whole Harrison Ford punches and and stuff. But uh, but yeah, so. So there were some interesting uh, things that I didn't really totally understand in that, but um, but it was it was pretty good. It was a uh, it was a pretty good action flick for the time, nice. and it was good to see Harrison Ford in this role. It was it was good to see him in general because he's just such a good action hero. It's just it's just Anyways, good to so, see Harrison Ford. It's just good to see that that man. Yeah, and it's it's cool too uh, that. Also, Gary Oldman was Reznov, too, in Call of Duty. Was he? I didn't even know he Black did the Ops. voice for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was Reznov. So I, I, I heard a lot of Reznov in this movie. I was like, oh, there it is. A lot of Reznov. <laughs> so he's very, very good. Props to Gary Oldman. Props to Harrison Ford. William H. Macy, he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> he was just he was just there. Yeah, overall, pretty good. Good high stakes movie if you're looking for something you know fun and easy to watch. That's not the Angel Has Fallen trilogy. I would definitely check out Air Force One. But uh, but yeah, nice solid. So, so solid my... patriotic action flick with some meme moments. Uh, what would you rate it out yes. of out of ten? Um, ten Harrison Ford presidents. Out of yeah. ten ten terms, uh, how would many would you give this Harrison Ford? Ten terms out of ten terms, very. I I would give it about seven out of ten. Uh, it's a it's a good like B minus kind of movie. Like it's good. It's good. There's not really anything wrong with it. Um, good premise. Good high stakes. Good good uh, character motivations for both the antagonists and the president. All right. It's a good like um, Saturday and, night uh, action flick with popcorn. Yeah, yeah. If if you're like scrolling on TV and it appears, it's like something that kind of just there to watch and yeah it's good it's not not a bad not a bad flick that is that is my rating of air force one nice make you want to go out and vote yes it does do my civic patriotic duty your civic duty to vote for brighton harrison ford that's the official the good the bad and the boys uh endorsement (laughs) for 2020 president harrison ford harrison ford (laughs) save america harrison ford vice president mike banning Yes, my Vice President Mike Banning and President Ford. Amazing. Wow, beautiful. So, yeah. Well, let us know what your favorite all-American Patriot movie is. If you are... Yeah, comment below. Yeah, let us know. If you're a yeah, let us audience, let us know. Yeah. Watch these movies and let us know who your favorite uh, war criminal president is of the United Wonderful, States. Wonderful, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and if you've seen these movies before, uh, comment below. What are your guys' thoughts on them? And uh, what's your what's your guys' presidential rating of these? <laughs> um, let us know. Let us know below. Uh, we, we appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, hope you have a safe election week. And uh, yeah, November 4th, the, the truth will 
will we'll, shall be revealed. Don't so forget to vote. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't forget to vote. We have a couple more days. Yeah. If and when we become the uh, the last vestiges of Western democracy, uh, we'll be posting some polls as to what movies to review next. So you know, yes. when we're not allowed to vote anymore, um, you can vote here. Yes, yes, you can vote here. And tune in and for December for our apocalypse theme special, so, 2020, baby. Times. God help us all. God bless America. <laughs> God bless America. God help us all. <sighs>